This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Olu George Ministries presents Focus on Freedom Podcast. We're covering the face of the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God. Welcome to an encounter with timeless, transcendent, and triumphant truth. Here's your brother, friend, and messenger, Alu M. George. We have been studying what I consider possibly the most consequential most important thing we could be studying right now. And when we began this journey, to be honest with you, I thought we'd be through in a, ma- in a few weeks. But then it's gone on and on and on. Why? Because we are talking about Jesus. Jesus, who is a wonder to our soul, the bright and the morning star, the wisdom and the power of God. Jesus, the logos of God, the logic of heaven. We're talking about Jesus, the lover and the bishop of our souls. We can never forget who he is and what he has done for us. At the ending of his ministry, he gave us the mystery of communion and said to us, do this in memory of me. So we are spending this last few weeks and the few next few weeks looking at what he has done. We've titled our meditation, Jesus, uh, the four square Jesus, the Jesus who ministers on four levels. I have to apologize to the Lord for limiting him to four because it cannot be limited. It cannot be contained in just four channels. But because of the weakness of our language and our vocabulary, let's just uh, uh, endure the fact that we are reducing the Lord to four different manifestations of the Lord Jesus. We began looking at Jesus as the Savior, the Savior of the world. But not just Savior General, Savior from sin. That took us at least seven or eight weeks. And then we graduated into Jesus as healer, mender, restorer. And I added this word, renovator. He renovates our spirits, soul, and mind. He, he recreates our spirits, but renovates our souls. He even has the power to recreate damaged body organs. When Jesus was here, he healed the maimed. He healed men born blind, possibly born without eyeballs, born without eardrums, born without body parts, born with defective heart. He healed them all. The purpose of this four square teaching is not to increase our knowledge base, but to enable us and empower us to experience Jesus at least on four levels. To experience him as a healer, a deliverer from sin, the presence of sin, the power of sin, the penalty of sin, the consequences of sin. We want to experience Jesus as healer of a thousand diseases, a thousand incurable diseases at the midnight hour. So we have said a lot of things, but we still cannot get past the question, why did Jesus heal all? Why did Jesus not heal 95%? 
Why did he heal all? Why did he heal small and great? And why did he do it so willingly? Why did he do it so effortlessly? He could have healed 90% and that would still be great. He could have healed 85%. That would be amazing. He could have healed only half of those who came to him. But my Jesus healed them all because he was trying to teach something that most Christians are not willing to believe. They're not even willing to go there. Now, let me ask you a question. If Would you like Jesus to heal through your hands? Would you like Jesus to heal through your prayer in response to your prayer? Why would you want that? Why would you want God to heal people by your hands? And then we can also ask the question, why did Jesus want God or why did Jesus heal? Why did he have a healing ministry? Why not just preach salvation from sin? Why not just preach salvation and holiness and righteousness and purity before the Lord? Why was he so involved? As a matter of fact, he spent his time, according to the Gospels, doing three things. Preaching, teaching, and healing. Preaching, teaching, and healing. And Apostle John said in John 20, or 21, if we wrote down every single miraculous encounter of Jesus, there would be no books as, as at that time. There would be no books that can, no, no, no single volume that would contain the innumerable amount of healings and miracles and signs and wonders that flowed through the ministry, the hands, the feet, the eyes, and the body of Jesus. So why is that so? Jesus, if he were just like a man, like you and I, might have healed to advertise his ministry, to advertise himself, to advertise his church, to advertise his movement. We know that's not true. Why? Because many times Jesus will say to the people who are healed, don't tell them who healed you. In fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah, a broken reed will he not break. A, a weak read and a smoking flask will not quench. Jesus did not perform miracles to advertise self, to advertise his organization, to advertise his power. On the other hand, the miracles of Jesus did in fact advertise him. He didn't advertise himself. The miracles advertise him. And many times he told the people, don't tell them it was me. Don't testify. Don't say this to anyone. Keep this between me and God. Of course, most of the time, the people just went out and blabbed it everywhere. Think about it. Born blind and yet you got healed. And you're going to keep quiet about that? No. That's not going to happen. Why would Jesus have a healing ministry? Why would he heal the physical body? Well, in many places, the Bible will say Jesus was filled with compassion. Jesus healed out of compassion. His inner, his, his bowels were moved. He felt their pain. He identified with their struggles. In, his, in our afflictions, the Bible says God is afflicted. The Bible says, he that touches us, touches the apple of God in Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 8. He that touches us. So when sickness touches God's children, it touches God. God's compassion for healing was so great. God was, you know, God, God was so pregnant with a desire to heal the people. He didn't even wait for the cross. 
He didn't reserve healing to the saved or to the good or to the upright or to the righteous. The majority of people healed by Jesus were not great, honest, clean, righteous, saved people. Of course, nobody was saved at that time. That is how desperate God is. I will never forget an example I heard from a great preacher many years ago. When a mother is nursing, she's making milk all the time. And it gets to a point that her body is so engorged with milk that it becomes painful. And she needs to give this milk to this baby. But sometimes the baby is also in so much pain and hunger. And because the baby doesn't have a language or the vocabulary to tell mom I'm, I'm ill, I'm, I'm hungry, baby is crying and then baby gets hysterical. Now, mommy is in pain. She needs to give out this milk. Baby is in pain and anger. She doesn't eat. Baby doesn't even want to take the milk. That's exactly what happens to humanity at times. God is, God does not need to be persuaded. God does not need to be convinced. We don't need to overcome his reluctance with faith or prayer. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. Prayer is laying hold on God's willingness. Prayer is positioning on the right side of God's willingness. Why will Jesus heal the sick? Well, to fulfill the scriptures. So I've given you three reasons. To fulfill the scriptures, Matthew chapter 8. In the evening, they brought unto him many who were sick, possessed with devils, afflicted with all manner of diseases, and he healed them all, that it might be fulfilled by Isaiah the prophet, himself took our infirmities and bore our diseases. Scriptures, according to Jesus in John chapter 10, verse 35, scriptures cannot be broken. The scriptures predicted... In Isaiah 33, they that dwell in Zion shall not say, I am sick, because their sins will be forgiven, because they will have a Messiah who bore their sins. And once he bears their sins, the, the basis for Satan to continue to run roughshod over them with sickness and disease is taken away, because sin is the basis for sickness. I'll come to that as soon as I can. So Jesus healed to fulfill the scriptures. Scriptures can never be broken. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away. Not a single dot or comma or semicolon or full stop or exclamation mark or apostrophe. Not a single sign of my word. Not a jot, not a tittle will go unfulfilled. Why did Jesus heal the sick? Number four, because Jesus hates the devil. And all his works. First John 3 verse 18, uh, verse 8. For this cause, the Son of God was made manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Sickness will be a work of a devil. How do I know that? Once again, we quoted last, last, last week, I believe. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed. Luke chapter 13. It ought not this woman, being a covenant child of Abraham, whom Satan has bound these 18 years. Jesus never attributed sickness to some great lesson that God wanted us to learn. Jesus never attributed disease to some will of God, some, some esoteric, nebulous will of God. Jesus always fought 
sickness and disease. Even when he was reluctant to minister to the Syrophoenician woman, when he told her, healing is the bread of the children. I can't take the bread of the children and give to the dogs. The woman, rather than take offense, had been called a dog. Say, well, my Lord, the dogs will feed off of the scraps that falls from the children's table. Jesus couldn't help it. He, He turned to her and said, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Your child is healed from this very hour. And that child began to mend from that very hour. Why did Jesus heal? Because it is nature. The nature of God is to heal. Why? Because God is light. And in God, there is no darkness at all. Why did Jesus heal? Because sickness, the power of sickness has been destroyed before the foundations of the earth. Don't you forget that Jesus is the Lamb of God and he wasn't slain 2,000 years ago. He was slain before the foundations of the earth. And so sickness is illegal. Sickness is an illegal squatter in our bodies. And it must be destroyed at all costs. And it's uncanny. If you look out through our church history, many, many, many cases when the gospel of God is preached with primitive faith and apostolic simplicity, miracles of healings break out everywhere. Miracles of healing break out without anybody even praying for them. When the church returns to the faith, the simplicity of the faith, the efficacy of the faith that was once delivered to the saints, God confirms his word by healing the sick and by performing mighty signs and wonders. Why did Jesus heal the sick? Why must you and I heal the sick? Why must you and I receive healing from God directly? And maybe through medicine, through clinics, through modern medicine, etc. You know, but primarily through God. Now, there's no conflict. I don't believe there's a conflict necessarily between medicine and faith. But medicine deals with healing from a purely physical, chemical point of view. By the way, we are a bag of chemicals. We are made of chemicals. And there's a thousand plus minus chemical reactions happening at the cellular level. Every cell in our body has hundreds of chemical reactions going on every time. So if there's a chemical imbalance and we introduce the chemicals or we boost the production of the chemicals within our body by chemical intervention, I don't see that as a sin. I don't see that as wrong. But the root of sickness and disease goes beyond the physical. The root of sickness and disease is in the realm of the spirit. It's in the realm of the unseen. It's in the realm of the intangible. So you will be shortchanging yourself to limit yourself to chemical intervention alone. Chemical intervention was given to us by God as a stopgap measure. You know, like, like Paul says about the law. He says the law was given as a chaperone to prepare us to, until we are mature enough, until the time comes for faith in Christ to be renounced and revealed to humanity. So the law was a stopgap measure. The law was not the ultimate. The law was given by God. Therefore, the law was holy, but the law was limited. The law was, was, had inbuilt weaknesses in it. In the same way, medical science has inbuilt weaknesses in it. It's a great gift 
while we are building our faith, while we are learning the truth, while we are practicing that truth, it's a good stopgap measure, but it cannot be our entire plan. It cannot even be our first plan. Medical intervention is for the natural man. Spiritual healing, divine healing is for the spiritual man. That is why we must build up our faith by listening to the truth. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. So the more you listen to teachings on divine healing, the more faith is born naturally, or let me say supernaturally, automatically. Faith rises in your heart without you making an effort. Let me ask, let me give you an example. How do men get saved? How do men rise up believing that their sins can be forgiven? Because somebody told them Jesus died for your sins. Jesus paid the price. When they believe that their sin is forgiven, the Holy Spirit comes into them and recreates them in the same way. Until the gospel of healing is preached, divine healing will be a once-off miraculous event. But that is not the plan of God. The plan of God is for his church to be the healthiest group of people on the earth. And I remember in the turn of the 20th century, in the place called Zion City, I believe it was in Illinois, USA, there was a city built by the man of God, John Alexander Darwin a great preacher, practitioner, and dispenser of divine healing. That city at that time was reputed to be the healthiest city in America. When God brought Israel out of Egypt, can you imagine? Six, three million people, most likely, 600,000 grown men and women and children, plus minus three million. That Bible says... God brought them out with silver and gold, Psalm 105. He brought them out with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble amongst them in a whole nation. A whole nation. Not nobody with inhalers. Nobody with insulin. Nobody with high blood pressure medication. Nobody with gout medication. Not a feeble one among them. Not a weak one. Imagine the sanitation level of those days. Imagine the medical knowledge of those days. But he brought an entire nation of millions of people out of Egypt. No one needing to depend on man's, man's knowledge. And one reason I would trust God above man is because even as we explode the knowledge, the wickedness in the heart of man is making men create diseases. So organizations of the world that are created supposedly to fight pandemics are now creators of pandemics. I don't want to call their names on this broadcast. If it is in their name, something hell, something. They don't fight pandemics, they create pandemics. And then they mandate vaccines, which they know are not safe. No safety, te- no, no safety data on any vaccines, none. They just issue them. So I will put my trust in the living word of God. If I must, I would depend very minimally on the knowledge of man. And I can tell you from practice, 
I can tell you from experience, from decades, divine healing is an integral part of the, of the covenant. Divine healing is an integral part of the gospel. If we preach the gospel without preaching divine healing, we have not, I repeat, we have not preached the full gospel. Romans chapter 15, I believe verse 19, Paul says, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I have preached the gospel fully from Illyricum to Rome. I have preached it fully. So to preach salvation from sin, to preach salvation from hell, and not preach the power of Jesus to heal us today, 2023, is preaching less than the full gospel. Why did Jesus heal? I come back to this point. Number eight, because it is the will of God. If healing were not the will of God, Jesus would never go near it. Because for Jesus to begin to do something that is against the will of God or foreign to the will of God or outside of the will of God will make Jesus an enemy of God. We know that's not true. He said, I cannot do a thing except I see my father do it. I cannot do say a thing except I hear my father do it. Many believers, as I begin to close, believe in God's ability to heal everybody. Everybody who believes in God believes that God can heal. What they don't know for sure is, does he want to heal? Where do we go to find out what God's will is? When someone gets a bad report from the doctor, stage four cancer, pancreatic cancer, where do you go to find out what the Lord's will is in that matter? Do you go to the scriptures? Do you go to prophets? Do you go looking for signs? Do you go looking for dreams? I want to tell you that God has made his will expressly clear. And his will is revealed in the scriptures. We don't need a prophet. We don't need a dream. We don't need an allegory. We don't need any prophetic encounter to find out what his will is. If you are listening to me right now and there is a, an illness in your body, I announce to you, according to the authority of scriptures, and by the leading of the Holy Ghost, God wants you well. And in the name of Jesus, I take authority over the spirit of infirmity afflicting your body. Spirit of infirmity. Lose my brothers. Lose my sisters. Chronic illnesses. Lose them right now. In the name of Jesus. Chemical imbalances. Go in the name of Jesus. Hormonal imbalances. Go in the name of Jesus. Eye problems. Go in the name of Jesus. Hearing issues. Go in Jesus' name. Sugar diabetes. Go in Jesus' name. Cancer. Stage 1, 2, 3, 4. Go. In Jesus' name, from the crown of your heads to the soles of your feet, be whole, be sound in Jesus' mighty name. If you're listening to this and Jesus is not your Lord and Savior, you are not bound, you're not limited from being healed, but you don't have a covenant of healing with God. And even if you do, 
What does it matter if you get healed and you lose your soul in the fires of hell? The greatest miracle, the greatest healing is when our sin-sick soul is healed and we become the children of God, clothed and robed in righteousness. Fall on your knees right now. Say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know there's no hope for me apart from you. Save me. Write my name in the book of life. Make me your child. Make me a brand new man, a brand new woman. A brand new mother, a brand new husband, brand new wife, in the name of Jesus. And he will answer you, for those who call upon him shall be saved. Call upon him now and be saved in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Focus on Freedom Podcast. For more information, please visit olugeorgeministries.global or send a WhatsApp inquiry to plus two seven eight one three double zero double six double three. Also, like, subscribe and share our content on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. See you next time. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.